0: Welcome to The Blab Lab, a twice-monthly podcast from the reporters of EcoRI News, where we unpack the critical environmental issues facing southern New England. I'm reporter Colleen Cronin, and today I'm here with my colleague, reporter Rob Smith, to discuss a topic that's literally been in the air recently, forest fires. Hi Rob, thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you for having me on the pod.
0: Um, So Rob, it feels like forest fires have sort of been a hot topic lately, no pun intended as we're recording this episode. um, It's not as hazy as it was yesterday but it's it's pretty hazy out there.
1: Rhode Island's been uh has gotten a small taste of that west coast lifestyle. Our publisher JoDette sent us a picture on a train in New Jersey as she's going to a conference but it's literally orange in some places and it's not typically something we feel over on the east coast. The air quality AQI score. It's been well over 100. Some of the worst places are in New York City, and breathing it in is the equivalent of smoking six cigarettes. Uh, It's super scary. I mean, this is like people have memories of like smog in Los Angeles and other big cities before we really cleaned up the air. It's probably not in our popular memory. It's definitely something that hasn't happened in, you know, in New England since before probably both of us were born. Um, But
0: before catalytic converters were a thing.
1: But like this is how it used to be pretty often. Yeah.
0: Um, Can you just Describe a little bit like what you've seen. I was in Vermont this week, so oh, it was a little bit clearer. So this is the second
1: time it's happened. Um, it happened a couple of days in May. It's been pretty mild where I live. It's just sort of really hazy. It's definitely it's definitely cooler in Rhode Island because of the, the, the haze is blocking out the sun significantly. Um, but what I'm seeing is that on the worst days, and it's subtle, but uh, the possibly the clearest indicator outside of the haze is that sunlight now has a different color Um, around my house. It's been, uh, you know, during, if you're up during sunrise, it has a very saturated yellow color, the light coming through the sky on the ground. And that's what it's been like all day on some of the worst days. And that's a real clear indicator that the light is going through this, a thicker haze than it's used to. I think uh, the state's issued air quality warnings most days this week. But the worst it's gotten is for people who already have asthma and other sensitive health conditions to wear a mask and use an air filter and so on.
0: This is an obvious, maybe an obvious question and an obvious answer, but why is this happening?
1: There are wildfires in Canada.
0: And do wildfires like this usually happen in Canada?
1: The wildfires in and of themselves are a pretty natural part of any forest ecosystem, it's a healthy part of how forests regenerate themselves, but they, they clear out a lot of dead wood or a lot of uh, overpopulated plants. And then there's space and room and enough nutrients for the forest to grow really thickly or much better than it has in the past. So wildfires happen every year, even in Rhode Island. And they're an important part of the forest ecosystem. But I don't know exactly, I can't speak to why they're happening in Eastern Canada right now. I'm sure it's the same reason we had that we had that wildfire in Exeter in April is that the ground is dry. Much of the Eastern continent has seen drought conditions from a lack of rain during the summer. In Rhode Island particularly, the later it gets into the summer of the last couple of years, the worse the drought conditions get. So uh, we've seen droughts starting to happen in July, in August and September. There's just not enough rain and water during these hot summer months and trees dry out. The reason they're burning now is because traditionally what happens and we'll get into the local angle on this in a minute but uh these things aren't getting enough water when spring starts to thaw everything it dries out the ground and everything that is on the ground that is traditionally a lot wetter when sunlight hits it and something starts to fire now everything is a lot more flammable than it used to be i've talked to a lot of environmental and forest experts and they're always almost always little I don't want to say bashful to talk about it, but a lot of forest management and wildfire management stuff is counterintuitive. So even though it's March and you're cold, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of rain or that that there has been snow, and it doesn't seem like the ground is wet or the the, the trees are holding water or stuff like that, uh, there is a lot of moisture in plant life that helps it not burn and not start fires.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the forest fire that happened in Exeter this year? Um, I know it was pretty significant. Um, and I remember aside from this Canadian wildfire haze that we've been seeing, um, I was driving in Southern Rhode Island at the time of the fire and it looked pretty easy to me.
1: So, In April, we had our worst wildfire in about 80 years in Rhode Island. The original reports, uh, state officials were estimating 700, 800 acres had burned. It's been significantly revised down to 237 acres. Uh, The state fire marshal and other officials are still investigating the exact cause of the fire. However, uh, I spoke to some officials with DEM and the highly suspected cause is an unattended campfire and it burned 237 acres. It was mostly on the Queens Hill Preserve in Exeter. It's a piece of land that's conserved and maintained by the Nature Conservancy. It burned significantly for about four or five hours before firefighters and state officials got it under control. Uh, They did have to briefly evacuate the homes nearby. There are reports of people being able to very clearly see the fire from their residential home, just regular residential suburban homes. Even though Exeter is relatively rural compared to Warwick, Cranston Providence, et cetera, people could still see the wildfire flames from from their homes, from residential suburban homes that are out there. And luckily, no one was hurt, no one was injured. There was a brief evacuation for a couple hours that Friday evening, but people were allowed to return to their homes and firefighters from across the state controlled the blaze, luckily. And I mean, for 238 acres, it could have gone a lot worse. No one really remembers when the last wildfire on this scale was and it, it was a wildfire. No one really remembers when the last time Rhode Island faced something like this. I do know the biggest one in Rhode Island history was in 1942. Uh, it burned 900 acres not in the southern part of the state but in the northern part of the state. So this was the for worst one in 80 years. Certainly the worst one in living, in living memory that anyone knows about.
0: I covered a forest fire that happened in Burville last summer. There was pretty bad drought, and um, it was actually happening in a season it doesn't necessarily happen in. When I spoke to DEM about it at the time, they were talking about how the spring was really the time when forest fires yeah. happen.
1: Traditionally, the wildfire so there's always a wildfire season. There are always wildfires, even on an island. They're just not very big or significant. Uh, we have a good handle on the response there, but there's been a slow burning problem about. Our forest fire management in the last couple of years. So traditionally in Rhode Island, the typical wildfire season is March to May, June. It's the time when stuff is just growing in. You get a lot of sunlight on the forest floor and that dries everything out on the forest floor, which is sort of like the the kindling you put on the fire, right? It's something that can really start a fire really easily. You can tell I'm Rhode Islander because I struggle with my R's. DEM wouldn't commit to give me an exact average last year. I know they saw over 80 wildfires that's a pretty high number. That's uh, a higher number than they used to dealing with. And I know uh, the DEM director, Terry Gray, has said this several times. The biggest factor is the drought. When plant life is dry, it burns really easily. DEM always puts on these, these advisories not to start fires on their public lands. now everyone listens. And that's usually a pretty big risk when it comes to starting a fire. We've had some really dry summers the last couple of years. Over the last twenty years, our summers have gotten re- drier and drier. We had drought advisories in effect for many weeks last year, of varying degrees.
0: Can you talk about how climate change might be impacting these droughts or these fires?
1: It's making everything drier. We're not getting a lot of rain. Everyone listening to this has probably witnessed it. It's not raining. Uh, one day, Colleen, when when you own a house, you will start <laughs> complaining about. How, <laughs> you will do the parent thing that I found myself doing as a property you owner know, of. Uh, Every time it rains, you say, God, we really needed the rain. But like, it, it's also true. We just have not gotten nearly as much rain as we usually do in summers in the last maybe five or six years. It's gotten really bad. And what happens is you don't get enough rain, plant life, including the ground, doesn't get the water it needs, and it's more
0: flammable. So climate change is a part of this, but you were also getting at forest management being a part of this, or...
1: So forest management doesn't really have anything to do with it, so there's been I've seen some misinformation since the extra fire. The Nature Conservancy has told me it's not a forest management problem. DEM told me it's not a forest management problem. The problem is these drought conditions. In the case of the extra fire, it's, you know, negligent campers, but it's not really a forest management problem. A wildfire is a natural part of the forest's life cycle, right? But even if somehow forest management was perfect, you would still have these wildfires because everything's dry. I was talking to DEM yesterday and they're going to be pulling from, I believe the 2022 green bond. They're gonna use, I think it's habitat restoration money to to sort of take care of state managed lands, not to fight, not to necessarily directly fight forest fires, but sort of take down the dead trees and take proactive actions to prevent forest fires from getting out of control.
0: So they are ramping up in terms of... So they are
1: slowly ramping up, but they maintaining the fire roads is one thing they're doing. Yesterday, I attended a wildfire fighting training session Ooh. on the George Washington Management Area, not on the campground, but sort of the DEM land next to the campground. It's sort of their forest fire HQ, I was told. And it's the first time DEM has hosted such a training in about 30 years. DEM is definitely looking to build up its forest fire fighting capacity. They invited both DEM employees and municipal firefighters from uh, nearby towns like Burville and so on to take part in this. It's really basic forest fire training course. About twenty-seven firefighters uh, for about five hours yesterday took different lessons in how to start a fire line, how to make a, a fire break. Mop up is what they do. Is what they call when they go in and really put out the fire that's deep into the ground because you get some of these embers that are deep into the ground after a forest fire. And water use, which is the big problem, and this was a big problem in Exeter when that fire was raging. A big problem when you have a forest fire in a rural area is there's no fire hydrants, (laughs) and there aren't fire hydrants leading into the forest. So uh, the firefighters have to pump the water from whatever nearby water source is available. So a a pond, uh, a wetland, and there's not really a lot of restrictions to where they can pull it from. You know, groundwater will naturally refill that that pond or other water area. But firefighters yesterday and DM employees got a taste of sort of doing these mock these mock runs for these skills. And they're, they're the same basic skills they use in Exeter to help put out that fire.
0: Is there anything that individual landowners can do to prevent sort of this stuff from happening or, I mean, only you can protect forest mm-hmm. fires or prevent I mean, forest fires.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's a cliche, and uh, we giggle about Smokey the Bear, but, you know, when you have fire, if you're any kind of homeowner, really, and you have a fire pit in your yard, it's, it's very popular among everyone. Putting out the fire responsibly in the way you're supposed to be doing it, you don't leave it under tended. Basic fire management skills, which if you start a fire, you should have. And if you don't know, take a class and look it up. I grew up in the sticks. Uh, My my father has a wood stove in his house, so I'm very used to all of this.
0: So the fires happened, they have put it out, but what happens next?
1: The state policy is you just let the forest heal itself, right? You just let the forest come back naturally. Trees are made of wood, wood is flammable. There's nothing you can really do to make it not flammable because it's wood. Wood Wood is flammable. (laughs) There's only so much you can do. There's a lot of grasses and plant life, not, not so much trees on the Queen's Hill Preserve, which is already coming
0: back. Thank you so much, Rob, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. This has been the Blab Lab, Ecorise Environmental News podcast. We want to thank Roger Williams University and Professor Bernardo Moda for letting us use the podcast studio here. We also want to thank Vanessa Carlton whose song, Willow, you hear at the beginning and the end of this podcast. If you guys have any questions or if this episode sparked any ideas for future stories or future episodes, please feel free to email me at colleen, C-O-L-L-E-E-N, at equalry.org. Until next time, you can read us at equalri.org. Uh, In
1: case this gets lost in the edit, uh, <laughs> because I swear like a sailor and it's not family friendly. <laughs> Excuse
0: me.